What's up, Candy Lickers? Pleased to meet you. Nice to know me. What you doing? Listening to another edition of Casio's Cut. Hey, kid, look at me. Let's burn down the school with gasoline. Say, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Say, white trash. White trash. Hey, kid, it's party time. We're kicking out the jams like the MC5. Welcome back, Candy Lickers. Appreciate you joining us for another week of fun here on Casio's Cut. Want to first start off by thanking everybody for checking out the last podcast, which was our What's in Casio's Box. Plus, we did our first Q&A. Me and my lovely wife, Big Booty Judy, had a blast putting that on for you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone that sent something in. We had anonymous Still don't know who you are, whoever sent in the potato that said, eat me Casio. You know my love for potatoes, so I appreciate that greatly. I also want to thank Trinity Bishop from Brentwood, Tennessee. She sent in the Golden Girls t-shirt that says, stay golden, and reminded me that we do have females who listen to the show. I appreciate that. Trinity, I want to send a big thank you to Tanner from Villarica, Georgia. Uh, He sent in a box of video games. We had the Super Nintendo games uh, from, or excuse me, the Nintendo 64 games. We had the WWF Warzone. We had uh, WWF Attitude. And we had WCW versus NWO. Plus, we had the regular Nintendo wrestling games. We had the Steel Cage Challenge, WrestleMania. And then we also had... WrestleMania, the regular WWF video game. So thank you for that, Tanner. Thank you for giving me me an excuse to buy some more gaming systems for the Man Cave. I appreciate that. My wife, Big Buddha Judy, does not. We want to thank um, DJ Horn from Montgomery, Alabama. DJ sent us the gentleman's set, sent us uh, handkerchiefs and a shoehorn. Not handkerchiefs, some, uh, excuse me, pocket squares. To put in my suits, I'll be looking strong with that. I want to thank Tony Blevins from Loves Park, Illinois. Tony, believe, sent the pair of Crocs. I'm now in the Croc family. Not sure my I need my shoehorn for my new Crocs, but I will, of course, wear the pocket squares with the Crocs when I'm not wearing the Golden Girls t-shirt as well. So thank you to everybody who sent something in. Thank you to everybody who sent a question in. I greatly, greatly appreciate that as well thanks to everybody who's donated to the casio cut fundraiser uh of course this is going on through the end of august 2019 and we are raising money for the downtown rescue mission in huntsville what we're doing there is trying to buy flooring uh, for some transitional housing that the homeless shelter here in huntsville is putting together they just acquired some transitional housing to help people who have graduated their one-year recovery program. They're trying to break the cycle 
of addiction and homelessness. They go through their one-year program, and now they need transitional housing as they work their way back into quote-unquote normal society. As they get back and get a job and get regular housing, they need this next step to kind of bridge the gap where they've got accountability. Uh, they've got some uh, rent payments going on and, and get used to living a normal life. Uh, well, to make this project happen, a very expensive project, as you can imagine, uh, the flooring needs to go in in Huntsville, Alabama. And that flooring is going to cost $5,500, according to their estimates. And to make that happen, we partnered up with them. Uh, everyone uh, is pledging money, so I will shave my head if we hit the goal. That's right, I'm going to shave the head, the hair, the minimal hairs that I have left uh, will be officially gone, and I'll be going with that slick look, my friends, and be joining the bald crew. Uh, and to do that, though, we've got to hit our goal by the end of August 2019. And as we record this, we are um, halfway through, and ironically, we're at 50% or just over of our goal. So we're right on park to hit it by the end of the month. I greatly thank everybody that's already sent in your donation. You can do that online go to casioscut.com find this episode uh which is episode number 15 with ron funches who we'll get to in just a minute and you'll see the link in the description there uh, all you got to do is click it and donate online no matter where you are and that would be greatly appreciated go to casioscut.com and you can check that out right there on the front or you can go to therocket951.com if you're already a fan of my radio station in Huntsville. You can click it and you'll see that tab, Casio's Cut tab in the middle, shaving my head for the downtown rescue mission Huntsville. I know a lot of you guys do not live in Huntsville, so I know uh, that charity might not mean a lot to you, might not have a personal touch, but it is a rescue mission and giving back to charity. So if you're looking for uh, somewhere to give, of course, it is a tax uh, tax donation. You can write off on your taxes, so make sure if you're looking for something to give. Uh, I would greatly appreciate it if you gave to Casio's Cut and the Downtown Rescue Mission of Huntsville. Be sure you're staying up to date with us on all our social media. Uh, we've got Twitter, and we've got Instagram, and we've got Facebook. Just type in Casio's Cut, at Casio's Cut, uh, and you can find us on any of the social media at Casio's Cut there. Uh, also, We've just uh, started our YouTube channel. Thanks to everybody who's already jumped on board with that early. Uh, but we've started our YouTube channel. Uh, I've got a couple of the previous episodes up. They will be all up eventually as soon as I can get them up. And then all future ones, including this episode, you'll have the audio there. We'll also have behind-the-scenes footage when we can get it. Uh, we'll also have a bonus extra sketches, maybe some extra episodes, all that. Uh, Going to be possibly and in the future at Casio's Cut on youtube be sure you subscribe do me a favor be sure you subscribe you won't miss anything you'll do me a huge favor by getting those subscribers up and then of course watch it and like it and comment and share that's how you can help this podcast grow if you are a fan so thank you for that check out casio's cut on youtube that being said like i mentioned we've got ron funches this week the very funny ron funches coming to you live from the basement of the conradison uh, we've also got special guest referee who's going to be refing this podcast, uh, my buddy Doug Markham. What's up, Doug? Doug is in the house, uh, and uh, we've just done a stand-up show at Stand Up Live, so now it's time to continue the fun and record with Giggle Fit himself, who may or may not, I saw him eating some snacks, some brownies. I'm not sure what that's all about. Ron, you've had some brownies. 
But welcome, the one and only, Giggle Fit, Ron Funches. Thank you. That's a beautiful intro. I can already tell you're inebriated. <laughs> Doug Markham does not have a microphone, so you stay over there. Doug, and uh, just turn around, Doug. Hang out with us. Watch the podcast. Be sure Ron has enough brownies. And we've also got Sleepy Conrad, who has a microphone. Conrad! Conrad Thompson! Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Bronson, like I mentioned, we just got through doing stand-up here in Huntsville. Uh, so I got to ask, I like asking everybody who uh, maybe first couple times in Alabama your perception of And I know it was your first time here in Huntsville. And just admit, you, you kind of liked Huntsville. Yeah, I mean, you keep peeps saying that. Like I came in that I was going to hate it. A There's a lot of prejudice that comes in, I guess. <laughs> There's a lot of people, you guys were ready to be like, you you came in, you northerners, you're going to come down here and you're going to have a view of it like we're, we're like we don't wear shoes or socks or something, but you're <laughs> not currently. <laughs> Conrad, would you like to put your feet up? Yep, that's right. He's got shoes with no socks. Yeah, that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> But I like, I mean, I, I love traveling everywhere and I really, I wanted to come out here. I wanted to come to Huntsville in particular because I knew that you guys were out here and I thought that I could have some fun and mostly like I wanted to bring my friends, Blair, Blair Saki, Gabe Dinger, and I'm trying to introduce the whole show, the whole 90 minute show of like, hey, this is a, this is the type of comedy I'm trying to put forward, and this is what I'm trying to show, and I want to take it everywhere, and that includes the places that I don't normally go, and that's what I love about coming to a place like Huntsville is that um, you go to New York, you go to L.A., whatever, people, like, you might get a cool audience, but everybody's like, I could have seen any other thing. There's 10 other things I could have seen tonight. You come here, people are like, thank you for fucking coming. Thank you for being here. Thank you for making the trip because some people don't come here. And that means yeah. a lot to me. That means a lot when I'm at the beginning of a career trying to build an audience and I, I want them to be for everybody. You know? So you said something interesting there. You mentioned the be you're in the beginning of your career. Uh, so that's an interesting perception there, but uh, we know you've been putting in work for years, uh, for a few years now, and I think a lot of people maybe construe it uh, uh, overnight success uh, for some people, but just the, I think the normal public doesn't realize and see all the hard work uh, before someone special finally hits television. Yeah, no, I've been doing stand-up. It's coming in it's be um, 13 years in October and um but i still think that's pretty early and and so i kind of didn't break it down you know because i was like oh, six years five or six years before i was really getting paid for anything and then i've been in la now for about six years and I, so i've been acting for six years as well now and so like to me that's you know that's new that's being a newbie you know when i hang out with people like brian posain or andy kindler and they're coming up on their 30th year in comedy and i'm just like oh i'm 
And my girlfriend, she's always quick to remind me because I fucking lose fucking focus or I get frustrated. Or I'm like, oh, why don't they give me some a show or give me this? And she's like, you're new famous. She's like, people barely know you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. Like, some people know me, but it's new. And I just got to keep building it. So you're from Portland, right? Yeah. So what makes you, a guy in Portland, get into stand-up comedy? Do you just kind of grow into it? You're the funny guy. You're maybe the class clown, and it just evolves? Or do you actually see somebody on TV and say, that's it, I want to do that? I mean, I grew up loving stand-up. My favorite, and I just grew up loving comedy. My favorite things to watch were always I Love Lucy, uh, Carol Burnett Show, Mama's Family, and then I fell in love with, like, uh, Mitch Hedberg. Were your parents watching that, or you just kind of found it on your own, kind of? Watched it yourself. My mom was real into it. My mom was a really big influence on me getting into comedy. She know, and she was all. It, it was a kind of the beginning of my comedy and my wrestling fandom, because she would take us to this place called Hollywood Video in Chicago, and me and my sister and my mom would all pick a video, and so usually, I pick a stand-up tape or I'd pick a wrestling tape. So I'd watch, you know, I'd go back and forth from watching some WCW pay-per-view I'd never seen before or I'd watch uh, Dave Chappelle or, you know, Robin Harris or something and, and just kind of learn. That was kind of the beginning of, of comedy for me. But as far as starting, um, it took me, you know, had a son when I was 19 years old and it kind of went another way where I was like I needed to fucking get a job I need to buckle down I was like a cashier at the time so I was like I went and got a job at a bank call center and was just answering people's credit card stuff and but then my son um, has autism and he got diagnosed when he was two and it kind of just like twerk tweaked my brain where I was like oh like he's different not only do I need a job I need a fucking career I need something that in case that he can't work, you know, and if he needs to live with me forever, I need to own a home. And so um, it was like, I need to do something that I, I'm okay with starting at the bottom of. And that stand-up was the only thing that came to mind. And I always feel like I, I was just lucky I was 23, I was dumb, and I was naive, and I was like, this could be my career. Because now if, like, if that happened at 30, I would have been like, oh, you are you better keep working at this fucking bank. <laughs> 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 it's gonna be quicker to get benefits in here than it is in standing. <laughs> yeah. So twenty three, it hits you. I want this to be my job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that early two thousand, late nineties, uh, early two thousands? No, this would have been. So my son was born two thousand and three. So this would have been two thousand six. So at that, so that time, where were you in your comedy career? Are you doing open mics still? Are you emceeing? You featuring? Uh, where are you at in your comedy? Career? I'm doing open mics, um, but it, in Portland. yeah, in Portland, Oregon. But I knew quickly that I I needed to um, start making money, and I needed to start getting out of open mics. So I just started working with some local headliners, and some of them were cool, and some of them were real horrible people. <laughs> like, it, but it taught me both of them taught me a lot because, like, you know, in comedy, there's kind of a couple of roads. You know, there's like um, there's a few roads. There's being a road dog. There's being you know TV stuff. There's doing whatever. But there's also this kind of like pirate organization of people who are just setting up these bar shows, yeah. and like they do the bar show that usually doesn't go well, and they disappear. But they go and find another bar to <laughs> trick into to be like we can turn your business around. Right. 
So I was doing that for a bit, doing a bunch of shows with, with people who did not expect there to be a show or whatever, and just following a headliner who was just mostly trying to just cheat on his wife. And uh, <laughs> but not with beautiful people, not even goo, not even gore. You know, things happen. But they weren't. These were some not attractive women. <laughs> And it was every night, and it was just like, man, you got a problem. And he told us his parents were dead, but his parents were alive and well. Uh, Dead comrades came back to life. Ah, The the comedy world's a wild west. It's a weird-ass job. It's one of the few jobs where you self-assign. You you tell people you're a comedian. There's no real background check, so you could just be a fucking psychopath if you want to. (laughs) You killed Conrad. Dead psychopath. Is he describing you, Conrad? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could be. A little bit, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Conrad's the best. <laughs> he could be. A little bit, maybe. <laughs> Ron, uh, Mount Rushmore, Little Debbie's. Yeah. Mm. Oh, easy. Um, oatmeal cream pie is Done. on the list. Um, nutty bars, those definitely on the list. Um, let's see. I mean, after we get there, oh, I love a fucking. Oh, what's the name of that one? Star Crunch. I love a Star Crunch. You put oh, it in the God. microwave oh, for seven is seconds. Done with you, man. Oh, he's an anti-Star Cruncher. What? Oh, yeah. well, no, there's a difference in. We need to preface all this every time we have this debate. Just because you don't want Star Crunch in your Mount Rushmore doesn't mean you want to eat a box. Yeah, I got it. You know it. what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to. Okay, he, so, so. But you got Star Crunch. So what are you putting? Four? Strawberry shortcake above it? <laughs> no, strawberry shortcake. So you got oatmeal pie, oatmeal cream pie. Yes. Standard, I agree with you. Yes. Naughty buddy. Mm-hmm. I think it has to be. Conrad thinks. That's an old man's game. Mm, no. You put it in the freezer for a little bit? Come on. You're going crazy. Uh, it's a tree. Doug agrees. Uh, next, what about Swiss cake roll? Oh, Swiss cake roll would be probably what rounds it out for me. That'd be the last one on my on my list. Yeah. So Star Crunch and Swiss cake roll. Mm-hmm. Oh, Conrad's really mad over there. He gave <laughs> you the flick off. Conrad. <laughs> If we're taking Star Crunch out of the top Mount Rushmore, what are we replacing it with? Go tell him. <laughs> tell him. Fudge round. Fudge round. <laughs> what about Boston cream pie? No. Yeah, no. Fuck so wait, wait, wait. You ready? Zebra cake. Oh. Oh, oh, what? I agree. Zebra cakes are highly uh, overrated. Overrated? They got, yeah, they, got a waxy, they have a waxy consistency. Let me ask you this. The Christmas trees, though. Mm, yeah, That's yeah. a zebra cake with basically some, you know, confetti dropped on. Yeah, but it's just whimsical. But it's like, that's a seasonal. <laughs> it's a seasonal so tree. it's not out. It's not in. No. Wait, so here's the debate. Would you put zebra cake because it's the original in the above it or Christmas tree, even though it's only seasonal? Uh, Probably Christmas tree. I'd probably put the Christmas tree. Because it's a better cake. Yeah, it's a better cake. You're judging strictly on better cake. Yeah. But 
both of those. No, I get fudge rounds too. Fudge rounds are great, but like, man, have you microwaved a Star Crunch? Have you done it for seven seconds in a microwave? No, I'm gonna. You got yourself a warm chocolate Rice Krispie treat. It's fucking amazing. Seven seconds. You don't want to get too much. You'll start burning the rice. Don't, don't push it. Don't push it. Do not push it. But seven seconds. I've I've done the, th- the testing. Really? Seven is the good amount. Fork and knife? Yeah. Oh yeah. A little like fork a and knife. Che- no, it gets gooey. You you gonna get messy. <laughs> I feel like I'll get injured if I don't have a fork and knife. Like, I feel like it's coming out hot. Oh, it's coming. Out. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I need a fork you, and knife for the less injury. Yes, you don't get I mean, it's burn. Out, yeah. Oh yeah, but it's bad. Star Crunch for seven seconds. Put it in the microwave. Try it. You see, our buddy Doug's here. He believes in Swiss cake roll in the freezer. Yeah, I could, yeah, I can see that. Most so things. now we're getting outside forces. You're going Star Crunch in the microwave. Yes. He's <laughs> the, <laughs> Doug, that's so that's game. a fucking game Yeah, he wants Christmas tree. Yeah. Please, Conrad. Conrad, how good was Ron Funches in Huntsville tonight? Pretty, pretty. Pretty good. <laughs> I didn't even know that Ron was on Kirby Enthusiasm until like six episodes in. I realized I'd missed one. And then I watched it and I saw Ron and I was like, fuck, man, that's awesome. I need to text him. And I realized this happened months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Ago. <laughs> it's really disingenuous. To, like you're f- really fucking proud of him right now. <laughs> it's a big deal for your career. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think things are gonna happen. <laughs> hey man, I just want to tell you, you're probably gonna get a big role on a television. <laughs> Oh, that was months ago. Okay, sorry. It was great. Thank you. It was one of the biggest fucking deals of my life. My, I was working on another show, and they tried to make me not go. What show? I was on a show called Powerless. Yeah. And um, you told them you had a you had an offer. I told them that I needed a day off to go do Curb, and I wasn't booked that day either. Anyway, and they were like, "Well, we need you on hold just in case," and I was like, "No, like." I know this I is my off. dream, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go do curve. You guys need to figure it out. Um, and luckily, it worked out. They think they were just tripping, but it was a dream, you know, because you just fucking you do no script. You just the little thing is like uh, Larry's gonna ask you a thing about the bus, and you guys get into a thing. And um, that was it. First scene. That, that was, was it. That was it. And I just He's gonna ask you about the bus, and y'all. F- have fun yeah and i wanted to it was a big deal for me i'd done some other improv improv show um where i didn't do as well and they end up like like they cut me almost all the way out and so i knew going into this i was like i was like i told myself i was like make a meal of this no matter what you happens if they cut your shit out fine but like 
fucking go for it. And I, we do the first take, and then Larry's just like, he, he, the words out of his mouth, Larry goes, just goes, you really made a meal out of that. And I was like, that's what really? the fuck I wanted. That's what I wanted. I told you that. Yeah. And then, um, you know, and the scene itself was pretty good. But the, what, the coolest part for me is then they took the extended stuff that I did and then put it, like, online as, like, right. you know, as an extended extended feature and i was like oh they they fucking liked what i did yeah look they'll put you over if they think it's gonna be good for everybody involved exactly so you seeing that was like oh shit everybody thought i was i was in yes maybe it's a weird question but is there is there a tv show or whatever out there now that you were like you know kind of like that enthusiasm about curb of hey that's a goal to be on is there a thing like that now in 2019 yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah, not really. Mostly, it's just about like trying to, to find some things that are my own, you know. And that's right. what a big part of me and my podcast is why I love doing my podcast, getting better. Is just because I, a, I like the theme of it. I like talking to people about them getting better at their craft and getting better at life in general. And I just wanted a place that I could bring people back to my home instead of constantly guesting and helping other people's worlds you know and then coming back and not you know having a little money and a little fan recognition but not much more than to than that to show for it you know and so i'm kind of looking for that now and bigger things like i want to um i'm gonna be hosting a game show soon and i'm I'm been writing a show about my son and i for a long time and and so i'm just kind of looking for those type of opportunities and if anything else that pops up i'm always interested in i almost got a job working on the big show show and that was uh, um interesting but that fell through uh but you know so that's kind of how i look at it is like things kind of like pop up and i just try to take advantage of them when they do and other than that just live my life in a way where i can you know, I work hard at enough different things so that, like, oh, if my stand-up, I can come bring my friends and stuff, and we can come here. Like, we can come here, and, like, me bringing them and myself, like, we're not really profiting that much. Right. But I think overall, it's very, very helpful to come out here and build a fan base and so that when I do have a show, when I do have things, like, I have people who are like, no, I I." I not only have I seen this guy before, I, I've met him, you know? Right. You know, I know he's We've funny. We've been in the trenches together. Exactly. We're in different trenches now, but... Yeah. I've been in the trenches with him. I know it works. I know he's got my back. Yeah. And then you go on the show, and, and so you kind of live that together. Exactly. Conrad, what do you think, man? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure, no. <laughs> Conrad, top three acts you've seen at Stand Up Live Huntsville. Go now. Ron Funches. Yep, Ron Funches. And that second place? Ron Funches. <laughs> and if we're going for third, who are we going for? Ron Funches. <laughs> the pause. The pause is what's so that means you were close to somebody. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> somebody got honorable mention. <laughs> third place, he's like, I don't know if I can say him three times. Don't let me pushing it. So, we'll see. Kind of who is fourth. <laughs> he just shook his head. <laughs> What do you got? I set off my phone again with my wallet. 
So maybe let's talk about this. You and Conrad, we joke about it. We're sitting in the basement of the Conradison right now. How do you get involved with Conrad? Are you reaching out to him? Is he reaching out to you? I know you had been doing, you know, me being friends with Conrad. All throughout your career, you've been doing wrestling, quote mm-hmm. unquote, you know, wrestling jokes here and there. So it was like, oh, he's a wrestling fan. Uh, but Conrad Thompson, you know, we're sitting in his basement. Maybe how did you guys get introduced? How did you reach out? What, how, what's starting all this right here? Conrad, uh, I mean, I think my first part was that I just, I was listening to the podcast. I was listening to the, to Bruce? the Bruce's podcast. Something how, how do you get intro to it? Um, I just think I think maybe Sports Illustrated had done an article about yep. it, something about that, where they just were just talking about good, the best sports podcast right. and it was a wrestling podcast, and it was, and I like I wasn't really listening to that many. I didn't really like ones that I like like, like Sam Roberts and stuff, but like other than that, I didn't really like any ones that current that covered current project uh, product. Right. Um, but then listening to like Bruce and Conrad just kind of tell these old stories about it's like, totally different. yeah, Bret Hart or the people who I like Owen Hart or just people who I grew up loving. It was just really fun to listen to. And, um, I don't remember how he met or introduced, but I just know that like we, I follow him online. He followed me back. And then he was talking about doing some of the live shows. And I was just, I think I introduced him to Lucy at the um, manager for, for, yep. for um, Zanies. Zanies. Yeah. So y'all just kind of mutually connected. Yeah. It's mutually connected. And he's talking about the thing. And I, and I knew um, I talked to Lucy and I was like, Hey, like, you know, I thought that it would be a good market, especially in Nashville or wherever at the time. Like, yeah, you could definitely sell out these clubs, you know? And so I just think I just linked them up together and, at least that's what I remember. I don't know if that's 100% true or not. But Conrad, what do you think, man? You back me up. Can you yeah. back him up? Say yeah. Yeah. Thumbs up, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so other than that, we've just been, you know, we just talk about wrestling and hanging out, and then he asked me to do the first star cast, and we've just been friends ever since. Conrad, what's your best match of SummerSlam? Probably Charlotte and Trish Stratus. You thought it was over the top? <laughs> out of five stars, how many out of ten would you give the Charlotte player match? Seventy-four. <laughs> Probably match of the night for SummerSlam, right? Match since, of the millennium. Since <laughs> millennium. Since this airs just after SummerSlam, and uh, you know how big SummerSlam was, Connor, because right? you. Watch all the story leads into it. Um, uh, what'd you think about that Finn Balor finish, Conrad? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me tell you what gave me life when I tweeted at the time. You singing every word to most of the theme songs at the last... At Double or Nothing AEW. Oh. You were loving it. Yeah, it was a blast. Oh, an awesome con came out. Flipped out. I was hugging people. <laughs> it was great. I'm psyched. I'm stoked. Is the best wrestling match you've ever been to? Um, it was not. Maybe. Let's see. Let's see. Let's go. 
Top three? It's top. I mean, because it's, it's just about the overall vibe, right? Like, yeah. Like, was Double or Nothing, like, top to bottom the best show I'd seen? No, I wouldn't say that for sure. But was it one of the best experiences I had? Like, w- w- being in the audience and, and being around people who were all, like, that's the thing, like, people kind of, like, don't talk about is just like when you go to a lot of these other shows it's like some people who are into it some people who are just fucking there like some kids something and that's fine too but like man when you go to these AEW shows it's like literally all people who love wrestling right and who are about it and and you when awesome kong comes out everybody gets why it's a big deal you know and it just makes it so much more of a fun experience when people it's one of the things I love about when I watch like the Japanese product is like people are intently watching, not just oh. trying to get over themselves, like you know, or trying to ruin the show. They're like they want the show to succeed. I feel like that was one of my favorites. I really, really loved the um, the first one. All in, all was it all in the yeah. first one? Yeah, all in like that. That was motivational to me as just a freelance artist of being like, fuck, like these are guys I I used to watch the Bucks and TNA. I used to watch these guys like watch Kenny and DDT and stuff like that. And you're just like to see the growth and see what they come and now they're own their own company. See Cody going from being Stardust and being like this afterthought to being one of the most overacts in the company and, and being this, like, he looks like a fucking star. Right. You know, it's a guy. No, when he walks in the room, you're like, who's this guy? Yeah. Even if you don't know wrestling, you're like, this yeah. guy's somebody. Yes. And that's what my girlfriend was like. You know, I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I go, like, they're this Brandy, they're a power couple, and we're trying to be like them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she believed you. Yeah. She was like, if you fucking right, we're like them. Yeah, and so it's just like um, a cool experience. And, and my first time going to WrestleMania was probably one of my uh, Seattle for um, twenty, I guess it was, when um, Brock and Angle and Jericho and um, Flair. Yeah, so those are probably my top three that I went to. Do you think there's a war? It's just an exciting time. Yeah, it's never been more exciting since since the Monday Night Wars era. As far as like, I mean, you have two, you have two different companies who have like national big time TV, you know, big contracts, and you have so many other companies doing other things. You know, like MLW does good stuff. I like. NWA has a TV product coming out now. So there's so much wrestling. So it's really, I think it's a great time for people who are wrestlers and, and people who love it. Like I do, the best thing I can get is, is options and choice. I love it because for a long time, it just felt like I had to watch the WWE because I had to. And even when I wasn't enjoying it sometimes, and these are sometimes very personal things, but I've talked about it. Like, you know, I have a son who is, you know, I don't consider him disabled, but by the definition, he's considered, he has a disability. Right. And you do things like, when I go back and think of things like Eugene and stuff, I'm like, that's like garbage. And it's all like, 
And especially when you go back and you do listen to the podcast and you go like, oh, there was a real Eugene. And they yeah. made a joke out of it. They made a character out of it. And it's like, and that's somebody I want to give my money to? Not necessarily. It doesn't mean that I'm always going to be that sensitive about it, but it does, it does give me a chance when I, like, I go, okay, here's another company that is like partnering with a place that helps people with autism and brings stuff like that. And it's just like, well... You know, I might change my mind. I might go back. I might go with fourth. I might be like, oh, I fucking, I just love Ricochet. I just love fucking uh, Trevor Lee. So I'll watch what the, wherever they are. But if I get a choice and be like, oh, I can support with my money, I can pick a place that I think I might like their values a little bit more, then I will do that, you know? It's a good thing. It's yeah, it's a positive. It's just options. It's just oh, choice. I will yeah. never not be a WWE fan because like that's what I grew up on and that's what I love. But I haven't watched like the reasons why I didn't know who AJ Styles was fighting because I haven't watched WWE in like two months. Like I just been watching the G One because and it's been helpful for me because I'm like I think I was getting really kind of too close to it because I loved it so much and I was like oh maybe somebody will give me a job or something and I was like. Oh, I just should really focus on my comedy and my career right. and, and and maybe how it's similar to how much I was eating food and how much I was smoking weed and how much I'm watching wrestling. Maybe they're all kind of together. And if I have a little bit more moderation and control, it's better for me. So if I don't feel the need to watch every Monday every Tuesday, every Wednesday, but instead I'm just like, well, I'm just going to watch the G1 when I can. I'll just catch up as I can. It's kind of makes me feel better. I don't know if that's like weird, but it just at least ma it makes me less stressed as I'm like, instead of trying to keep up with everything. Conrad, what do you think? I let you, you really held the mic perfectly, so they were definitely going to pick all of it out. No, it's at perfect distance. He's, you can tell he's a production perfectionist. <laughs> he knows exactly where. He knows exactly. He's holding the mic better than me and you, and he's passed out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to with our level. <laughs> It's also just a good indicator of where you're like, oh, wait, I'm getting too much of a soapbox here. <laughs> There's a guy snoring directly next to me. I'd like to deliver. That's Conrad. Instant hot take SummerSlam. One star to five stars. What do you got? Uh-uh. <laughs> Oh, that's fun. All right, so let's talk about your podcast. Okay. It's just it's me kind of talking about the things I really enjoy in my own personal life, but kind of sometimes get embarrassed to talk about publicly, but I've, I found out in general that's usually the best shit to talk about. So I was like, this is what I do. I do vision board parties every New Year's Eve where we get my friends together, um, you know, people that we know. X-Pac, he comes, you know, he came last New Year's Eve, and hopefully he'll come this one. Uh, where we just write our goals out for what we want to accomplish for the year. And we 
we still get faded. We have fun, but it's like real positive. And it, and it kind of starts the year off right of like, this is what I'm trying to do. And not only that, I was brave enough to talk about it in front of my friends, you know, and, and, and it's just been. Well, when did you get that mindset of that's what I'm going to share? I want to be that guy, I'm gonna, that vulnerable part. Uh, I mean, probably just a few years ago when I noticed that it was working <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm setting goals and they're happening. Like, and I was like, oh, so even if people make fun of me for it, it's working. So your who, personal life is working. Yeah. So who cares? Share it and see who buys in. And who buys in. And if you don't buy in, that probably don't fucks with you. So it's fine. <laughs> so like, that's cool. We don't, we just don't vibe like that, you know? So it's great. Cause my girlfriend does it with me. Like, and then it brings us closer together. Cause we know what we're working on separately as well as together, you know? And, and that's been real positive. Um, and so then I just wanted to kind of bring it into the podcast where I'm like, Hey, um, there is no process. There's no real making it, you know, there's no like, Oh, I just do this and now I'm done. It's a constant grind of people just trying to get better at their, whatever they're doing. And I wanted to talk to people who were doing that and who I look up to. And it, to me, it's great. Cause I get a lot of people coming into my house who are very successful or things. And I get to ask them their advice. I get to ask them their traits, their, their, the, the, you know, their habits and just how they're doing it. And it's dope when I, you know, when I have someone like, you know, um, Emily Gordon, who wrote The Big Sick, or, or Chris D'Elia on, who's just killing it in comedy. But, like, to me, I'm, like, have people on, like, um, I had a real scientist, Dr. Alfie, and I had uh, the guy who wrote Undateable and created, like, Spin City, and and we just talked to an hour. And I'm like, oh, how often do you get to talk to a dude who's worth over $100 million and just ask him, like, what well, what do you do? Tonight's my first time with you and Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> it's brought you experiences you never could have thought of. Yeah. Um, I mean, it keeps me focused. And it's, like, it's like the food stuff. And, you know, a lot of times I don't want to do it. But I'm like, oh, man, the people who I look up to, they're doing it. And they're doing it more restrictive than me. You know, I'm traveling around with Conan O'Brien and stuff, doing shows with him. And I'm like... Oh, he's eating the same fucking almond butter packets and eating an apple and drinking a protein shake. He's not fucking, you know, eating a big ass breakfast and stuff. Extravagant, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, like, I just have to get used to this. This is just it. If I want to m have a long career in that business, which is being on TV and having people judge your appearance, especially as I get older, <laughs> you know? It's yeah, like, I feel like it's, this might be the last time. <laughs> I gotta prepare for that shit. I mean, eat almond butter so I can have some fucking dollars left over. I mean, is that what you yeah, is that what you mean? Or you, what do you what do you mean? I just mean that you gotta uh, you gotta just try to stay. The more opportunities you get, stay. Be you. Yes, and be chill and be healthy. That's really it. The more healthier I am, the more opportunities it allows me to either succeed or fuck up at shit. And both are both are fun. And you're doing it in front of people. Yeah, that's the best part. If somebody wanted to get into the Ron Funches podcast. Ah, I mean, there's a few. One's a good one, even though I probably didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Right. But if you want to start at one, that's fun. Why not start at the <laughs> beginning? 
get the whole grass. But the ones I'm most proud of, I really had um, a really good conversation with Jeff Ross, uh, you know, guy, Roastmaster General. And, and a lot of people, I think, they just expected him to be funny and kind. And that's all they know him for is being able to Roy roast guy. people. Yeah. But, man, talking to him about comedy and about career and, and a lot about being nice and from operating from a place of kindness and, and what got him started in his career I, it like it really opened my eyes and gave me a lot more respect about him and um so that's one of my favorites with jeff ross i really like um talking to yvette nicole brown from community she's yeah. just a really smart really funny bright lady and um so those two are probably like my favorites Hey, hey. <laughs> Rowan, you're on a desert island. Okay. You got three musical albums to listen to. Okay. What do you got? Um, I have probably the Fuji's The Score. Okay. I have um Outcast's AT Aliens. And so then good. I have Probably greatest. Hit, I would pick a greatest hits album okay. of the Cranberries. The Cranberries. I love the Cranberries. Talk about a goddamn curveball. That's Casio's cut. You're on a stranded island. Yeah. The third is Cranberries. Yeah. If I'm gonna be there, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be lingering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to let it linger. Okay. Came to life, I'm in Come here. What do you think about that? I'm gonna be lingering. I'm gonna be lingering. Oh! No, I'm such a fool for you. Yeah, wrapped around your finger. Yeah, I gotta be not beating that. <laughs> I'm so thirsty. I'm so thirsty. I'm <laughs> taking you home, Ron. Yeah, please. <laughs> Want to hear more of Casio in between podcast episodes? You can listen to the Jimbo and Casio Morning Show live 6 to 10 a.m. Central on therocket951.com. If you ever worked at a fast food restaurant, which I know you have, Casio, I worked at two pizza places. You've encountered not-so-smart customers who might ask some not-so-smart questions or make some not-so-smart statements. Yeah. I worked at a nice restaurant, said one restaurant worker, and our pork chops came with polenta. What's polenta? Is that a cheese? What's polenta? Do you know? 
Isn't that what's around a uh, newborn baby? Pull. <laughs> no. Lightning crashes? Doesn't he sing the polenta fell to the floor? Placenta. Oh. Polenta is... um. Polenta cheese sandwich? Don't you have those all the time? <laughs> Listen live online or download the Rocket app for your tablet or smartphone. Just search WRTT Rocket 95.1 in the Apple or Google Play Store.